The season is upon us. Listeners, you, what day is this? Why today, Tom Lawrenson, it's the 13th of December. Oh, thank you, listeners, thank you. What an episode we have for you today. It's an exciting episode. But before we get started, I've got some exciting seasonal announcements. You see, listeners, I can't go any further without telling you about the luxuries that is our Patreon, right? We're revamping the Patreon. There's a whole assortment of new goodies on there. We're talking behind-the-scenes videos. We're talking to a private Discord. What's a Discord? What's a Discord that's talking? It's an app, right? It's like a private chat room for all Patreon members where we can all chat together. I'll be in there, Lucas will be in there, Connie's going to be in there, all of us, right? On December the 15th, all Patreon members, we're having a live hangout, right? There's going to be a quiz, there's going to be games, there's going to be talking, there's going to be all sorts, it's going to be a laugh. Get in there early, all Patreon listeners are getting a Christmas card with a personalised message from me. And pretty baby himself, Lucas Kirkby. And there may be some message from Connie in there. I'm not sure. I'll have to ask her. Also, the Pottervision boys are on tour. Well, where are you going? You know where we're going. Absolutely everywhere. We've got dates in London, Birmingham, Wales. Can you imagine? For a full list of tour dates, go to pottervision.com. Uh, it would make an excellent... Christmas present, if you don't mind me saying, or whatever holiday you celebrate present. So why not go check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Pottervision. And if you stick around till the end of the episode, there is a bonus sneak preview of one of the Double Vision episodes right at the end. So I'm putting a little clip of an episode of Double Vision at the end of this episode. So give that a listen. Yeah, you might think, actually, that's the kind of thing I like listening to. (laughs) So stick around. I'll tell you what, this is the longest intro I've ever done. and I'm boring me, but forget that. What an exciting episode we have planned for you. Need I go on anymore? This is episode 62. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Pottervision Podcast, the podcast where every seven days, myself, Lucas Kirkby, and this man opposite me, he's called Tom Lawrenson, by the way, we look at a chapter of the Harry Potter books, we analyse them, and we also talk other unrelated bollocks. This week, it is episode 62, we're on the Goblet of Fire, chapter five, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. How alliterative. Tom, how, have, who, heen. 
How alliterative. Listeners, we are five episodes into the new book and we are happy. <laughs> oh, what a treat it is. I feel like now we finally really started getting going. The first three books, they were like a tester of what this podcast could be. Now we've hit the big time, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Got these professional mics. Yeah. We've got big books. <laughs> We've got professional attitude. Yeah. We've got snake tip milk. Yeah. I, I couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier. We've got more listeners than we've ever had. It's, mm. it's been fantastic. It's got me thinking about life, you know. It's important to do new things. We've taken on a new book. And as I've said in previous episodes, yes. I've been climbing. Oh, yeah. You do this on the regular, don't you? Sometimes. Don't jump in, jump out. Went the other night. Yeah, a bit of bouldering, climbing up a wall. Wouldn't you know there were some beefy lads there? Oh, no. <laughs> well, they've got just as much of a right to climb as I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't you know that this these beefy lads had quite a pong going? Oh, is this a, a body odor pong? I'm going to put my arms in the air and I'm yeah. going to spell Bobo. B-O-B-O. Oh, <laughs> no. Right? Yeah. They'd climb. What was interesting... They would leave an area, and the smell would stay. Oh, no. Isn't that interesting? Oh, that's the last thing you want to do is enter somebody's smell. Mm. I, re- I don't know if I've told this story before, but myself and my lovely fiancé, Martina, we were shopping one day, and uh, we were walking down the aisles of Sainsbury's. Do you want some pasta? I do. <laughs> I do. You may now pick some up. Uh, so <laughs> we're walking down the aisle and um, the a couple comes, as we're like down like the middle of the supermarket, a couple comes out from the aisle and the girlfriend is absolutely bollocking the bloke. And she goes, I can't believe you just did that in the middle of a supermarket. Like shouting at him. So like, I wonder what he's done. She's like, that was disgusting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now we need to go in the aisle that they've just been out of. So we walk down and we enter a fartless mug. Whiffy pong. It is a whiffy pong and it is definitely come from the boyfriend's bottom. The BFB. <laughs> the BFB by Roald Dow. The boyfriend's bottom. It was it was stinky, but yeah, it smells linger. Yeah. They stink and they linger. They stick around. Well, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. a little boy at the age of four, I remember doing a, a trump, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. And my mum said, uh, she's going to do that. Go to the toilet. <laughs> and it always confused me. Because at the time, yeah. I was thinking at moments of pull my trousers down, sit my bare bottom on a toilet, trump, then flush. Or just stand <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> Imagine, you know, you're at like a busy festival or something, and you know, when you <laughs> you got like the big queues queuing up to the portaloo and you're waiting for ages and you just see the person in front of you <laughs> open the door, close it, lock it, <laughs> and then open the door and come back out. <laughs> rules is rules. It's what me mummy always told me to do. <laughs> Mate, you're outside anyway. Do that outside. Oh, honestly. Well, like an animal. Yeah, I'll do it in a portal cabin, please. Portal loo. <laughs> because I want to be somewhere sanitary, so I'm going to go into those lovely clean Glastonbury portal loos that you get. 
listeners, not moments ago, not minutes ago, was I sat here saying to Lucas, I'm afraid I'll have nothing to say this episode. <laughs> and here I have, retailing fart stories of years gone by. Oh, I think we got about three <laughs> minutes out of those beefy boys, beefy farts. <laughs> so uh, how is your climbing coming on? Do you feel like you're developing skills, building up strength? None of your business. <laughs> Yes, thank you for asking. Um, yeah, it's good. It's fun. Uh, let me tell you something. Voice. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. <laughs> Was that you telling me something yeah. or asking me something? Both. All right. Yeah, I'm all right, yeah. I'm good. I've got a few things that, that are going on. Uh, Some things he's got to get off his chest. Yeah. Imagine I'm... he's wearing a bra. And there's a load, he's got some weight in the bra that he's been carrying around. Now he wants to reach in and reveal this weight, get the weight off his chest. That's where the expression comes from. Like many women, I keep me phone, me purse, me credit cards, all in me bra to keep them safe. Chocolates. Chocolates. Uh, emergency whistle. You never know when you're going to need to do a whistle. <laughs> I had an accident. Shit yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, next story. <laughs> no, I had an accident on stage. What happened on stage? Well, I uh, I was going on stage, and I have a little prop that I'm using at the minute. It's a little ribbon. You've seen me use it. Being daft with a gymnastics ribbon. Tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. And um, But normally I plant it before the interval, but I forgot. So I thought, right, I'm going to have to kind of come on stage, put it somewhere, hide it, and then reveal it later on. And I was too busy thinking about that. I came on, I put it on the, wind, uh, the window ledge that was like behind the stage, and I ran on the stage. There were two steps, and I missed one, and I bashed my shin. And I, I was going forwards, but I hit my shin so hard that I fell on my back onto the stage... He got a rapturous laugh and round of applause. Uh, many people after the show thought that it was part of the act. Uh, <laughs> but my leg was bleeding. And uh, this, was on, this was on Wednesday. And uh, you can still see a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of a mark there where... Bloody hell. Where I hurt myself. And it bloody hurts. Yeah, I took a bit of a tumble. Wednesday, where was the gig? It was in Leek in Staffordshire. Whose gig was this for? It was for Spiky Mike, our favourite Midlands comedy promoter. And uh, I was, uh, yeah, yeah, and it, it hurts. But I think the adrenaline on stage, I didn't realise how much I'd hurt myself. But then the next day I woke up and I couldn't, like, touch it. Oh, my it. God. Yeah, yeah. A round of applause and a big <laughs> laugh. It started off the show brilliant. How did you see stand up? I, I like I literally lie down in shock for about five seconds. I can't believe I've just like hurt oh myself my and fallen seconds. over. One, two, yeah, three, four, yeah, five, and I can just hear laughter and applause. <laughs> and then I get up, and everyone's just buzzing on the fact that I've just fallen over. What that? What an insane way that would be to start a show, right? Do some songs and dances. <laughs> but before that, yeah. I'm going to do a roly-poly. <laughs> well, I did a gig once where uh, I forgot the lyrics to a song twice. 
And uh, they found it very funny. And then afterwards, three separate people came up to me and went, oh, is that part of your set, is it, for getting your words? No. Oh, that, oh that's going to be good. No, I'm just bad at my job. I'm just bad at my job. <laughs> I've failed as a performer. I forgot my words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a bit of a tumble. Um, yesterday was a fun day. I was in a panto parade. Now, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to be in uh, the Panto version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It's set in the circus. Have we talked about this before? I don't know. No. And I am the ringmaster of the circus, and I've got a big hat and a big uh, twiddly, it's like the Pringles man moustache. And we were on top of like a truck with a set on it, and we were just waving at people in Sunday, didn't know, as oh, we, really? As we go around the town. What was that like? Very cute. The weather was it was very cold and windy and rainy, but there must have been about a thousand people all Did in you get the bored town. At any point? No, it's fun. You just look at people and wave at them or pull a funny face. Or if they've got a camera, you do a funny pose. Mooney. Do a Mooney, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Oi! Yeah. What? I can see your gizzard. Pull them up. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that and then I did a charity gig and uh I must have got home. Well, I was driving home and it <laughs> I'm just brushing over Gizzard. Um, um, you like this? I was, I was driving home. I thought, I'm hungry. Right, The gig finished very late. It was about 1 a.m. I was about to say 1 a.m. in the morning. It was 1 in the morning. I'm driving around. I think, I'm hungry. Right, So I stopped the car and I decide to Google what's open. You know, any yeah. kebab shops or whatever. Right. So I'm Googling, you know, what's open now. There's a knock on me car door. Right. So I think, who bloody hell's this? It's a bloke. He must be about 50s, 60s. Yeah. There's a woman with him, similar age. So I think, right, what's going on here? Why are my window down a crack? And uh, he goes, oh, couldn't give his lift home, could you? And normally, you know me, I, I don't really give lifts to strangers. But I thought, what would Martina do? <laughs> Mental. I remember the time that Martina picked up two hitchhikers. I thought, why not? So they get in. I've got a keyboard in the back. So the wife is in the back and she's got <laughs> my keyboard on her lap. And uh, the guy's in front. They're drunk after a night out. Right. I'm only taking them two minutes up the road, but it's near where I live. So I'll take them. And uh, they've gone, oh, we've got to pay you. We've got to pay you. They're ringing, cancelling a taxi while they're in the car with me. Like, we don't need that anymore because <laughs> they're in the car with me. And then they go, oh, we've got to pay you. I said, no, don't worry about it. He empties all the coins in his wallet. And uh, he goes, oh, take that, take that. And they leave. And uh, <laughs> about eight quid. And it paid for Mickey Bab. <laughs> Listeners, I can't believe I'm having to say this. <laughs> My mouth is agape. This is a reminder to all of you. Yeah. You do not let people in your car. Yeah, yeah. No matter who it is. You shouldn't have sat there and gone, what would Martine do? You should have sat there and <laughs> said to yourself, what would Tom Lawrenson do? Oh, yeah, yeah. But I didn't want to start a fight. <laughs> Someone knocks at my window. Guess what I'm doing? What? Driving off. <laughs> I'm not I'm not opening it. I was I'm curious. Curious. Curiosity will get you killed. <laughs> well, it was funny when we were driving in the car, they were like, oh, you're not a psychopath, are you? They could have pillaged you. Yeah, they could have done. Yeah, I was joking with them. I said, bloody hell, two against one, you could have me. And then um, oh drop them off. Mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For eight quid. He gambled his life on eight pounds. I didn't know I was going to get eight pounds. I gambled my life for nothing. I made a lovely eight shiny pound coins, which... 
American listeners, that is over $10. It's a lot of money. Mental. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I thought you'd like that. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been naughty. I have been naughty, yeah. I think I was so tired and delirious. I was like, why not? I'll just give these guys a lift. You, you, your life is going to go one or two ways. Yeah, yeah. You're either uh, going to live a long, happy life full Ooh. of like exciting little yeah. stories like that. That sounds nice. Or you're going to get yourself blown up. <laughs> got themselves blown up. You can we get, got landed with you. You're gonna get yourself into a sticky situation. Oh yeah, like getting blown up. Oh well, do you know what? You only live once. I'm gonna roll the dice as many times as I can. Tom, are you ready for a chapter five, book four, run down? Why not? Let's get it over with. Let's get it over and done with, so we can get to the nitty and the gritty. It's Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Harry Potter arrives at the Weasley home and he meets two Weasleys that he's never met before. It's Bill Weasley. It's Charlie Weasley. Oh, they're cool. Oh, they're muscly. I like them. <laughs> then Mrs. Weasley. Oh, or Mr. Weasley. <laughs> turns up. He's annoyed. Oh, what have you done this for, lads? Turning Dudley's tongue into a big old four-foot monster. Oh, he's very angry. Mrs. Weasley turns up. He doesn't want to tell her, but she finds out. And Ron, Harry, Hermione and Ginny think we are not getting involved. They go upstairs. They have a good old catch-up. Percy's busy doing this report on cauldrons for his boss, Mr. Crouch. He loves Mr. Crouch. I like Mr. Crouch. He's the best, blah, blah, blah. Mrs. Weasley's annoyed, but they end up having a lovely dinner outside. There are some gnomes flapping about. They're talking about the Quidditch World Cup. They're very excited. And that is about all that happens in Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. What what a chapter? For you, maybe. Mm. This was, chapter was fine. It's fine. <laughs> a, bit of a, a bit of a reminder, you know, of what it... Of just a nice little familiar episode. It's Christmas. It's Christmas here in... Our world, yeah, 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 is December, and in many ways, we've got in many feelings of Christmas from this chapter. Yeah, a family together, a feast, fun, games, some fighting, some s- secrets. Yeah, yeah, someone yeah. With a job, some working from home. These are all things. These are all <laughs> things, and they are things we associate with Christmas. It definitely felt like an event because we've never seen all the Weasleys together. Oh, we have not. And here they are. And you would think Mummy Weasley would be in a good mood. She's finally got Bill and Charlie back together. And all the Weasleys are together. And it's the best. But no, she's got the bloody ump. Oh, to be young. Yeah. To be round someone's house. And to be meeting their older siblings for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intimidating, one might say. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Harry turns into a little Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. One of them reaches forward to shake hands with Harry, and he deduces, <laughs> you know, it must be Charlie, because yeah. his hands are rough. Yeah. Well, this guy's hands are rough. He must be the dragon tamer. Honestly, Harry is so taken with him. He's like, oh, built like the twins, short and stocky. And then he goes, uh, he's tanned. 
His arms were muscly. Mm. Harry, you are taking a lot in with Charlie. You haven't even looked at Bill yet. <laughs> These are two new people you've met and you're like, oh, what a tanned young man. Oh, I want to be able to jump on you and be swaddled by you. <laughs> oh, it takes me back to those lovely six-packed centaurs. Oh, Keep me safe from the dragons, won't you, Charlie? <laughs> and he's fascinated with Bill as well. He goes, oh, he's cool. Is he? That's what <laughs> Harry says. He goes, Bill is cool. When you keep reading, yeah. someone with a ginger ponytail. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> I don't proclaim to be Zach Morris, right? <laughs> but ginger ponytail with a fang earring. My book, that ain't cool. That, sleazy. Oh, he that's sounds... cool, isn't it? Ponytail <laughs> and teeth earrings. What does he do again? Does he work at the bank or is he a porn director? <laughs> oh, my God. Honestly, yeah. He just looks like he should be running a stripper club in Bolton. To say the least. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Long hair in a pony. My granddad uh, hates... Men with ponytails. Mm. He's got a weird thing about it. He just doesn't like it. And he always says, he goes, you know what you get under a ponytail, don't you? What? An arsehole. <laughs> Bloody You get a pony's bum, don't you? Now, I myself, listeners, yeah. are a man with long hair. Yeah. And I put it in a bun, and that's where I leave it. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. People call me hypocritical for this, but I don't like... <laughs> little boys with long hair. <laughs> but you're a big boy, aren't you? So that's all right. I'm a big boy. Something seems off about a little boy with long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> seems like, a, I don't know. Do you like it? Uh, I don't know, really. We, there was a kid in our school who had long hair. And uh, <coughs> he used to get a lot of stick for it, really, which is probably a bit unfair. I don't mind. I don't know. I know who I don't like with long hair. All these characters in the fourth film. Harry, have a, have a trim. Ron, have a trim. Mm. Don't like the long hair in film four. Don't suit them. It's horses for courses, isn't it? But I always think, this is my little theory, that you always think your first viewing of somebody is what suits them. So, like, and it takes a while to get out of that. So, for instance, if you saw me now like this, you think that's that's me. But then if I suddenly grew my hair down to my shoulders and met somebody for the first time, they would think, oh, that's Lucas, he's got long hair. Yes. Yeah, your first impression, it is important. It creates a memory in your mind. I've had a shaved head at some points in my life. I've had a number two, I've had a number three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, from about the ages of six to about 12, I had a, a zero on my head, which is nearly bald. That is bald, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> nearly, yeah. Six to twelve, you had a zero. How weird. And you've got a bean-shaped head. I have got a bean-shaped head. <laughs> and uh, But it was lovely. It was lovely and cool. And uh, I didn't even have to dry my hair. you just get out of the bath and you'd have a dry head. What an interesting little thug the Kirkbys kept in their household. Perhaps they, mummy and daddy, uh, thought you were going to become a bruiser growing up. Well, I am. I'm a bruiser. He's a bruiser. Yeah. When I'm not doing this, I'm beating up people who are smaller than me. Much like Harry does in the third film. The Weasley twins. Oh, yeah. One of them has just left a suite on uh, the carpet. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the Dursley household, right? And yeah. now they're getting a bollocking from Arthur Weasley about it. Yeah. He says, wait till I tell your mother. Yeah. She comes in with the, tell me what? And she won't let it lie. Yeah. She won't let it lie. No, she needs to know. Well, at the beginning, when they mention it, they're going, oh, you know, how big did it get or whatever? And there's a bit where it says, the tiny kitchen exploded with laughter, thinking about this thing that they've done to Dudley. How lovely to see a room full of a guffawing gang of bullies laughing at what they've done to a little child. It's nasty for me. He could have choked on his tongue and died. They knew he was on a diet. Yeah. They knew he was being starved, essentially. A quarter of a grapefruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't know what the rest of the dinner is, do we? And he's uh, he's going to take that sweetie. Naughty. It's, mur- it's murder. Could have been murder. Yeah. It's interesting. The twins, uh, Fred and George, yeah, yeah, yeah. are said to be short and stocky. Unlike the film versions, who are streaky, lanky pieces of piss, I don't know, uh, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Is that right? I, th- I think they're lanky in the books, aren't they? No. Short- they said it before. You said it yourself. Bill, you said Charlie, yeah. is stocky like the twins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Percy and Ron are long and lanky, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Ron's not long and lanky in the films... So it's like the wrong way around. Yes, yes. Though ginger people, they don't come in the shapes and sizes that you want. You get what you're given. Yeah. So if I say to you, I've got some ginger twins. I'll take them as they are. (laughs) 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 You'll take what you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take what you can get. Look, it's a rarity. You know... Twins, I don't know what the ratio of, you know, how many babies are, are twin babies, but ginger twins, that is a that is a niche market. If you've got some, I'll have them. Listen, if I said to you, you said you had a project, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And how do you know about that? And you need a ginger person, right? Yeah, yeah. Describe to me your ideal ginger person. Right, ideal ginger person, ginger hair, freckles, pale face, and Scottish. Height. Uh, height, 5'10". Uh, wait... Uh, I'm going to go with 12 stone. All right, get ready for what I've got. Yeah, yeah, what have you got for me? Uh, from Gorton. Yeah? Yeah, I love Jamie Hutchinson, that's fine. <laughs> you take what you get. You take what you can get, and Jamie is a lovely <laughs> lad, and he's very funny. Oh, you might have seen him go viral talking about his brother uh, making up these fake doctor appointments for him. Dr. Catford. Dr. Catford, yeah. On the Have a Word podcast. Yeah, very, very funny. Very funny. Very good. I don't normally like that kind of thing, but you were all right, you were. (laughs) (laughs) I don't normally like that kind of thing, and today was no exception. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, you've just affirmed my preconceptions. Mm -mm. The uh, Weasley boys, the twins, they want to open a joke shop. Uh, bad idea, in my opinion. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. For joke shops, their main clientele are children. Yes. And in the wizarding world, they all go to boarding school, so all the children are away for the most of the year, leaving you a six-week gap in the summer where people might attend your yeah. joke shop, right? Yeah. What they want to do, if they're going to open a shop, they want to open a joke shop in the normal world, in the muggle world. Oh, yeah. 
And then you can make all your fancy little bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sell them to muggles. And you'd be rich beyond your wildest dreams, one might say. Yeah, yeah, because you just make them so good because of magic that other companies could not compete. But also, because I think they do end up setting one up in Hogsmeade. But, so they sell jokes and they sell sweets. But there's already a joke shop in Hogsmeade. Like, every town should only have one joke shop. I know, what a bastard thing to do. I know. You run the the joke shop in Hogsmeade, and yeah. you're struggling anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're struggling anyway. In come the Weasley twins. Yeah. You've got Zonko's joke shop, and then you've also got Honeyduke's sweet shop. Both what? of them are going to be out of business. Why would you want to compete with either of those? Yeah. Because I'm not being funny as well. If they start their business today, every single person in Hogwarts is going to go to the Weasley Twins shops. Because it's the Weasley Twins. You know, they're fun. You know, they're going to go there rather than... Well, most people, they want to feast their eyes on a pair of twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I said to you, I've got a photo of twins on my phone. Do you you want to see? Yes, please. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I think they need to go somewhere else and set up their own little thing. Is there a joke shop in Diagon Alley? Maybe that's the place to go. They could set one up in Camden Market. Set one up in Camden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? See, listeners, we have heard of London. They run upstairs while the twins get a bollocking. Oh, yeah. Right, they go into Ron's room. Same as it was last year. The posters of the Chudley Cannons zooming around the room. Gotta say, right? Yeah. If I was a boy, I'd I'd get sick of the moving posters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're not always in the mood, are you? No. Like waving at you. It'd be like you're in your room crying, and then a poster's <laughs> like whoosh. And if it's a painting, it can speak at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoosh. Ha ha. Hello. And you're like, can you not? <laughs> I mean, my nana's just died. Yeah. Especially, like, you know, like trying to get to sleep and stuff. And there's a bloody scoring a goal. Woohoo! On loop every 10 seconds. You got a girl back. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> 10 nil to Judley. <laughs> but, Ron, you are in year 10 now. It is time to get rid of the Quidditch duvet covers and just have a nice pattern. You're getting older now. (laughs) Friends are coming round. (laughs) You can't still have your little boy bedding. Well, I think it really matters. He shares a bedroom with his twins now. Big bloody bedroom. (laughs) Oh, the Weasley's house. It's so crammed. They're so poor that they have to squeeze in four beds. I can't fit four beds in my bedroom. <laughs> Two singles maximum. Four beds. He's living in a palace. I can fit four single beds in that one room. Bloody hell. Weasleys. Ever heard the term bunk bed? <laughs> yeah, idiots. Or tent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the Weasley twins into a tent. Yeah. And where could the tent go, listeners? Is there an open <laughs> field that it could possibly be pegged down onto? Peg the tent in the paddock. In the in the paddock. Tent in the bank. We see Ginny and Hermione. Hermione had big, bushy brown hair and rather large front teeth. Anything nice you want to observe about your best friend, Harry? <laughs> Has she got nice eyes? 
has she got a little dimple on her cheek? Oh. One cheek? What? Who's this person? <laughs> Is it, uh, I don't know, dimple, dimply. Giving a little side grin. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Percy is busy with work from the Ministry of Magic. Oh, yeah, he's got this big uh, report. Where he now works, right? It sounds like Percy shouldn't be taking his work home with him. No, no, no. It's your thing. If you've got an office job, yeah. you do your work at the office. And as well, especially when commuting is like just going in the fire, you're there in- instantly. At the Weasley's house, is chaotic at the best of times. There's always banging going on, stupid pranks, arguments. Mm. Even if it's your day off, if you're going to do work, just get in the flu powder, get to the office, and just spend two hours in a quiet room yeah. doing your work. I think you'll be getting an investigation against him if he's not careful. Oh, I think so. He's doing this project, this report about the thickness of cauldrons, right? And Ron's having a joke with him, having a go at him. He goes, oh, that's hardly going to change the world, is it? <laughs> Changing the thickness of cauldrons, making it an official thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's going to be on the front page of the Daily Prophet. Ron, you going on holiday was on the front page of the Daily Prophet. <laughs> front page, you. Oh, I'm in Egypt. Dickhead. No news <laughs> happens in the wizarding world. It could go on the front page. It could go on the front page. Legal legislation mm. for the thickness of golden's is more important than your holiday. News in the wizarding world is either Sirius Black has killed 13 people or yeah. Weasleys go abroad. <laughs> No one thought it would ever happen. They're the poorest wisdom family we know. They're on holiday! <laughs> page two, Sirius Black has killed another five people. Yeah, shouldn't have put that on the front page. Page three, pair of baps. <laughs> hey, just because we're wizards doesn't mean we don't like bap. Mrs. Weasley, I got a bit upset about this. Um, she's furious with Fred and George about where their life is leading them. And it's like, fair enough if you don't agree with their choice of setting up a business or whatever. But it says she was furious with them for not getting as many OWLs as they should have done. Right. Ordinary wizarding levels. levels. If you, fair enough, if they've not taken their exams yet and they're not revising, as a parent, you have the right to have a... You have the right to have a go at them. Right, come on, get some work done. You've got these exams, you need to be doing your best... But once they're finished and they get their results, you've just got to give them praise, whatever happens. You can't be bollocking them after after the event. No. What's that going to achieve? You need to be like, well, you did your best. Well done, you got three each. You can't be like, oh, idiots. This is their, like GCSEs. You've got to be proud of them, whatever they do. Yeah. Mm. And... <laughs> They were never going to get great A-levels or like OWLs, no, were they? No. It was never going to happen, because that's not who they are. Yeah. People are only going to be led down one life in path. Do yeah. you know what I mean? If they ended up... One path in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they ended up with seven top mark OWLs, then the exam system is a sham. Because other students are working ten times as hard as them... And what, they're getting the same mark as these lads who piss about every five minutes. Mm. They deserve what they got. Mm. But no need to give them shit for it. 
You just move on with life. That's what they do. Though they are very talented alchemists, for they can create sweets that can make people do anything. Like Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not hearing of such things from anyone else. Like uh, the Messers, who created the Majora's map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very talented in their own right, creating something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, Harry, and Hermione, though they can follow spells, yeah, are not creative people. They're not creating anything. They're just following, you know... Other people's stuff. They're not coming up with anything, are they? Yeah, for sure. I feel like invention is one of the most impressive things to come up with something that no one else has thought of. You know, yeah, hard mm. work, practice, doing all that kind of stuff is. But to have, it's like a talent, really, isn't it? Something you're born with. That kind of brain where you can just think of things that somebody else hasn't. I'd say. I would too. Uh, so we finally get to know the full name of his new little owl. It's not called Pig, it's called Pig Widgeon. Pig Widgeon. And he's uh, he's not happy with the name, and he blames it on Ginny, because Ginny named it Pig Widgeon. I think it's a bad name. It is a bad name, On yeah. both their parts. Do you know what's a good name for a bird? What? Connie! Connie! <laughs> hey, we've not heard from Connie for a while, have we? She's sat over there. She's still got that christening gown on. Yeah. Does it go through the laundry, or does she just wear that constantly? <laughs> what a personal question. <laughs> does Connie sit there and ask you how many times a week you wash your underpants? No. Exactly. <laughs> Connie is a woman of luxury. Yeah, she yeah. likes sitting around, she likes fine nuts, she likes grapes, she likes the wine. Does <laughs> she? Yes. A Connie, she- sir. She is known to get a bit abusive. She'll shout things at me if Ooh. I don't do as she says. Yeah, what does she say? C word, the F word. You're joking. <laughs> what What? What do you have to do to cause that? Ref, you know, refuse her demands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, What? like, demands for food? It was 1am. Go get me a takeaway. Yeah. Oh, revealing too many secrets about her. But we're happy here. <laughs> we're happy. <laughs> You live in peace and harmony. It's a lovely little trifecta you've got, you, Connie and Lucy. You seem to be... Uh... No, it's me, Connie, and you. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well... You're part of this thing. Yeah, I am, yeah. I mean, I don't have the relationship that you have with Connie, but I don't know, maybe... Your I'm... relationship with Connie is as, is as strong, though different. Yes, that's true. Connie sees you as one of her fondest family members. Oh, that's lovely, Connie. Thank you for saying that. She draws pictures of you. Does she? Sometimes they're nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're not so nice. Oh, I'd like to see one of these pictures. Maybe we could uh, put I'll one describe on our one Instagram. I'll yeah. describe one to you. Go on then. A nice one would be you, a bean-shaped head, Yeah. a couple of eyes, nose, rectangle glasses, Yeah. smile... Full head of hair. Oh, lovely. Yeah. One not so nice. Yeah. Many similar features. Angry eyebrows. Oh. A fly hovering above your head. Oh, don't like that. Bit of dog poo on your cheek. Oh, no. That's not nice. But that's Connie. Yeah. Are they quite realistic, these drawings? Yes. <laughs> Good. Well, it's lovely to have you here, Connie. Yeah, I'm not picking her up anymore because she doesn't wash as much as she no, used to. No. She gets a bit dusty. And would you know, Connie makes me sneeze. Oh, allergic to Connie. But <laughs> Connie is a good name. We like the name Connie. Say it ain't so. Whoa, whoa. And uh, 
what I was uh, the point I was making was that my sister named our family pet, which was quite a silly name. Uh, she called our cat Fluffy when she, she was about eight or nine. That's a good name. Well, she had quite short hair, so she wasn't fluffy. But uh, still nice. It's still nice. It's still nice. And I, I was allowed to, anything else. I was allowed to name the family dog when I was a little boy. Have I told this before? No, I don't think so. Can I try? Was it? Is it George? No, no, no. It was another different dog. All right. What was your old family dog then? I was allowed to name it as a four-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I named it Barky. <laughs> I like that, though. I think it's a good name, Barky. Barky. Yeah, it feels like <laughs> someone you'd meet down the pub. All right, Barky. <laughs> Barky. He's a guy you have pleasant shivers with, but you don't sit down with him. You just go, all right, Barky. He's a sheepdog, and he would bark a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barky. Barky. It's Barky. Makes sense. Barky, woofy, sniffy, scratchy. Mrs. Weasley is in a big, stinking mood. Oh, stand back. She's screaming about the twins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming about them. Yeah. And while she's screaming about them, she's aggressively making spells. She's slamming down copper saucepans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to calm down, Mrs. Weasley? Do you know what you're you're doing? It's abuse. You're abusing everyone around you with this aggression. It's uncalled for and you're making everyone feel uncomfortable. And we're not going to forget it. We're going to remember it and we're going to talk about it when you're not here. (laughs) It's not nice. And as well, I feel like it's very inappropriate for her to be having this conversation with Ron and Harry. Like, imagine me coming round to to your house and me and you are talking to your mum and they're going, oh, Sister Maisie, what's she doing? You sort of bloody life out, don't you? Mm. Don't talk to me about this. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a guest. It's a bit too familiar, considering yeah. you've met Harry. Three well, times? Plenty of times, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but still. It's not right. And um, <laughs> I don't know what went wrong with them. You sure? I can take a wild guess. <laughs> Perhaps their mental mother had some play in this. <laughs> it's always everyone else's fault, isn't it? Well, maybe you should turn the lens onto you. Considering you're the one who homeschooled, considering you're the one who homeschooled them before they went to Hogwarts. Yeah, the first four to five years of a child's life are its most important in terms of development. And who is that down to? You and Arthur. Hmm. 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 The. Before they have the dinner, they, uh, they're with Ginny, and they nearly mention Sirius Black. Ron nearly goes, how is Sirius? But they don't say anything because Ginny doesn't know about Sirius. Oh, we don't want Ginny to know. She might say something. If anybody can keep a secret, it is Ginny Weasley. Two years ago, she nearly murdered five people and never said a dicky bird. Mm. Your secret will be safe with her in the last year at Hogwarts she never said a single word to anybody about anything Mm. Mm. tell her your deepest darkest secrets Mm. Mm. this upset me so Mrs Weasley's in a mood she whaps a wand at the potatoes Mm. and they peel themselves but with such vigour and such power that they bounce off the walls and onto the floor. The skins do. The skins do. Mm. Oh, that's upset me now. They ricochet. Oh, I don't have a point to make now. I thought the potatoes ricocheted. 
And then they ended up being cut straight after they'd been dustpanned on the floor. But don't matter now, does it? Because that's just bullshit. You could still be annoyed at her being so dirty. Yes. Now there's starch on the walls and floor. Dirty. <laughs> dirty woman. <laughs> Harry and Ron go, come on, let's go see what Bill and Charlie are doing. Yeah. They go out into the garden, and <laughs> Bill and Charlie yeah. are fighting with tables in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, lads. Do you know the value of furniture? <laughs> it's a bit of fun, isn't it? Can't wait to spice up my next barbecue by having a sword fight with the plastic chairs. When you got your own place, yeah. Lucas. Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I had to buy my own sofa, yeah, and it cost me a whole bunch of money, yeah, 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 it made me think back to when I was a kid, yeah, and all the abuse I would give the family oh, sofa, oh yeah, 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 jumping on it, wrestling on it, yeah, honestly, yeah, treating it like crap. Now you're like, oh my god, I know these things are so valuable. Why would you ever do that to a sofa? I know. Well, when all the builders were working in my house, one of them put a little tear in my sofa. And it put me in a bad mood for about a week. He put her in your sofa? Yeah. How did he do that? I don't know who it was, but later on, after they'd done like a load of work, I found like a tear in the side. Of it. it must have been when they were bringing something into the room or something, just scraped it against the sofa and made a little tear. I said it before, I'll say it again. Workmen are too rough. Yeah. You're too rough. <laughs> Stop being like that with me, workmen. I want you to be nice. You're hurting me. <laughs> Untie me. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, there's all sorts going on. They saw, you know, having this weird duel with uh, the things. Um, but the gnomes are back. And what comes with gnomes? Horny little, little feet. feet. Oh. oh, we're horny. Horny, horny, horny. 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 Those tootsies are gagging for it. <laughs> oh, horny little feet. Get in my Wellington boot and away from the cat. Oh, mm. it's 7 p.m. And the two tables were groaning under dishes and dishes <laughs> of Mrs. Weasley's excellent cooking. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have to prompt him. As soon as he heard the word groaning, he knew what we were going to do. So while Mrs. Weasley was cooking right, it yeah. said a creamy fluid flew out of her wand. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to myself, to this creamy sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you think cream, generally you think of something biological, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like milk, yeah. Milk. An actual cream from a cow, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps it's a cream, of, like a vegan cream. Maybe it's a vegetarian cream. Oh, yeah. Though, when it comes from a wand, yeah. is it artificial? Well, yeah. You'd assume it was vegan, wouldn't you? Where is it getting the cream from? Mm. Like, is it stealing cream from somewhere else? Or is she conjuring it out of thin air? I don't know. And it... I don't know. And if so, is there calories in the cream? Is there any nutritional value? Yeah. These are all questions that I have no answers to. But the very, yeah, like, does it taste different depending on which wizard does that spell? And if wizards can conjure matter out of thin air, then why aren't they doing anything to solve the world's fuel crisis? Yeah. Sure, 
they are, you know, staying out of muggle affairs. But if, we, and we are to believe scientists. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's a issue with uh, uh, greenhouse gases and using too many fossil fuels. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't, you know, hey, wizards, you got to live on this earth too. Yeah. Do you want flooding in Little Whinging? Do you want flooding yeah. in the burrow? Yeah. Why not step in? It was a clear, deep blue sky. We always get an update on the sky. I'm not asked. I am. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Oh, will it be a deep hazel? Makes me happy. Yeah. Um, and also it goes to show how down south the wizards, uh, the Weasleys are, that yeah. they're, they're not getting rain. I know, it never seems to rain, does it, at the Weasleys? No. No. Mr. Weasley and his son, Percy, are yeah. talking about matters of the Ministry of Magic. Yes. And who has gone missing? Bertha Jorkins. Bertha Jorkins. And where did she go on holiday? <laughs> Albania. Albania. S- listeners, I'm going to say this once, and I'm not wanting to say it again. Stay away from Albania. Yeah. You'll get killed. You'll go missing. If only people had listened to you and blanket bombed those forests two years ago, she never would have gone there on no. holiday. No. And she never would have been picked up by the Dark Lord himself. I couldn't even point Albania out on a map. Oh. Call, call me an uncultured pig. Yeah. With a snout, a curly tail, running around naked with a little pig's penis and flappy ears and pink skin. Yeah. But I do not know where Albania is on a map. Well, I, could, I could point in a general direction by process of elimination. Yeah. Not near Norway. <laughs> not near Spain. Yeah. Yeah. More in that direction. More in that direction. In well, that middle bit. Hey. Well, I could point Albania out on a map because luckily my map's got all the countries written on it. Thumbs down, listeners. Thumbs down. We get like a little hint at a story which I would love to hear more about. About Ludo Bagman's brother Otto and a lawnmower with unnatural powers. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're not going to get any more on that story. That sounds fun. (laughs) That could be a little... um, uh, What's it called? Like a fan fiction. No, what's the book called? Uh, Tales of Beetle the Bard story. Oh, yeah. Ludlow Baggins. Is it Ludlow Baggins? <laughs> no, what's he called? Ludo Bagman. Ludo <laughs> Ludlow Baggins. <laughs> Ludlow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ludlow Baggins. And there was... <laughs> I can't say his name. What's he called? Ludo Bagman and the lawnmower with unnatural powers. Now, Ludo Bagman is not in the films, but he's actually quite a big character in this book. And he's, uh, he's the guy who's in charge of the Department for Magical Games and Sports. And he's part of the Triwizard Tournament later on. He comes to the Quidditch World Cup. We're going to see a lot of him, but he's not in the films. And uh, I don't know anything about him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Bertha Jorkins, she's gone missing, like you say. BJ. BJ. <laughs> she's gone missing. <laughs> and she's been missing for a month. Percy is slagging her off 
Right, he's going, oh, she was shunted from department to department. She's much more trouble than she's worth. Percy, she's been missing for a month. She could definitely be dead. And also, how long has Percy been working at the ministry? One month. I'm not alluding or insinuating that he's the one who made her go missing, but I am saying that Wind your neck in. You don't know anything about yeah. her. She's worked for the ministry for so much longer than you. Yeah, You've yeah. been there a month. You don't want to go slagging people off because you're going to ruin your own reputation, you nit. So yeah. wind your neck in and do some good work for one. Stop talking about other people. You're pissing me off. <laughs> if you spend your life slagging people off all the time, especially if you just do it to anybody, like sometimes people will slag other people off to me that I, and I hardly know the person talking to me. You shouldn't be doing this. You should do that with close friends. Yeah. Your partners. Don't be slagging everybody off to everybody because it always comes back round. Mm. Oh, you're a fool. Uh, they're also talking about Percy's enjoying knowing something that the others don't. He's talking to Mr. Weasley about the other top secret event that's going on after the World Cup. Yeah, Mama. I wonder what that could be. Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. Try as a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Did you wait, wait, wait. Yes. Um, Hello, Father. <laughs> Hello, Father. <laughs> we nearly went a full episode without saying it, <laughs> but we couldn't. Never. Never. Harry is hearing all about the Quidditch World Cup. They're excited about going to the World Cup. They're loving it. And Harry misses that. That's one thing he misses when he's at the Dursleys, about getting updates on all this kind of stuff. A good present for Harry would not be a million-pound broom would not be the world's most dangerous map or an invisibility cloak. Get him a little Quidditch magazine or a little radio where he can hear the the sports results or something. That'd be a nice Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> hey, from last week, Hedwig's droppings, what would I get Harry for Christmas? I'd get him a radio and a Quidditch magazine. And finally, the cliffhanger of this chapter is that Fred and George have sent Percy some dragon shit in the post. <laughs> Which is the act of a psychopath. <laughs> That's like dog shit through the letterbox type stuff. Brick through the window. I swear that's a criminal offence. It's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Come on, posting a pile of doo-doo to your brother's work. It's bad. It's naughty. It's harassment. Bad boys, naughty boys in your bed. It's not bad. It's not naughty. It's horrific. Yeah, it is horrific. Oh, right. How many, how many, how many pairs of horny little feet out of five are you giving this chapter? Ooh, um, oh, this potentially is the first repeat thing that we review. I don't know if we did Horny Feet back in Chamber of Secrets, but this is exciting. Yeah, whatever. Uh, for me, <laughs> for me, uh, I've got to say this was boring, this chapter. They were having a catch-up. Um, B-O-R-I-N-G. B-O-R-I-N-G. I found it very boring. They're just having a catch-up. Um, there isn't a lot of plot development. They hint at characters. We hear about Mr. Crouch. We hear about Mr. Bagman. They mention Vic- Victor Crumb. They hint at uh, some kind of event after the Quidditch World Cup. Um, it's nice to see the Weasleys back together again, but for me, this is this is one of the 
this is a low point for me, this chapter. I found it dreadfully boring. Mm. Uh, and for that, I'm going to give it one pair of horny feet out of five. Oh, my God, listeners. I think yeah. that is your lowest rating ever. Potentially, I'm yeah. not sure you've ever given a one before. Oh, it's just nothing happened and it wasn't nothing enjoyable, I don't think. Now, for me, this chapter, it really was story building. We finally get the missing pieces of the puzzle. These extra Weasleys. We've never seen them before. We've heard them <laughs> spoken about, but here they are. Yeah. And would you know it? They're cool. They're cool. They're muscly. They've got earrings. They're stocky. They're strong. Fascinating stuff. But you know they are just like their brothers. Fighting in the garden with tables. I love to see it. Ron, <laughs> he's just as the way he always was. Finally, for Harry, he's back in this world and things are kicking off as usual. It's like flicking on an episode of Coronation Street. You know what you're gonna get. Things aren't that insane. He's finally in a family that loves him. And you know what, Mrs. Weasley? She's got her folks, but she knows. <laughs> she shouts and she screams, but at the root of it all, she loves them all. Yeah. She loves Fred, George all of the Weasleys, and you know, if Harry acted in the same way, she'd treat him the exact same way. For she is a mother figure to him. She is, yeah. He's got many mother figures, and Petunia being one. Yeah. Mrs. Weasley. Uh, McGonagall, McGonagall, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Though she's not his guardian, she is some of a, somewhat of a mother figure. I loved this chapter. I really did. And for that reason, I'm going to give it five pairs of horny feet out of five. <laughs> oh, a bigger <laughs> contrast you could not have. <laughs> Next. Uh, right. Are you ready for this week's entangling episode of Quiz? Quiz, 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 quiz,
I've not had that. This is the third week out Unfortunately, I'm going to not get that. A, a muddy potato. I had to say on legs. Quiz, quizzy, quiz, quizzy, quiz, 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 Google. Going to ask you some questions. How well will you do? Quiz, quizzy, quiz, quizzy, quiz, 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 Google. Going to ask you about a rapper, Luke. How well will you do? I'll blow you a kiss. Hello. So, as promised, now at the beginning of the episode, now uh, I'm going to play you two clips from Double Vision, which is our bonus podcast that you can gain access through our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Pottervision. Um, for a bit of context, me and Lucas have just watched the Prisoner of Azkaban film and we are discussing it in its entirety. Uh, here's two clips back to back. One is about the music which is played in the scene where Lupin is teaching them all how to defend themselves against a boggart. And the second clip is uh, me and Lucas talking about Malfoy stroking the spine of the book in Hagrid's first lesson. Uh, hope you enjoy them. Lupin has a record, an old, uh, an old-fashioned record player, and I don't know where he's got this record, but it's got a track on it that goes from scat to eerie violin music every fifteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine him at a house party. Oh, I'll get my music on. You're all right, Remus. Don't worry. All right, I've got my record collection. Oh, you like this? It's scat. Then scary violin music every 20 seconds. No. Have you got any... Now that's what I call music. No, no. <laughs> stroke the spine, of course. Yeah, stroke the spine, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Why does Malfoy stroke the spine in such like a sensual way? <laughs> Two fingers. <laughs> Two fingers down the back, so sweetly, and he's also wearing a little ring. When I hear the word stroke, I'm imagining an open-palmed hand caressing something. (laughs) I am not imagining two fingers in isolation (laughs) going down the spine of a book. Imagine that. Can I stroke your dog? And then using two fingers and yeah. tracing it from its head to its spine to its tail. Oh, don't do that, actually. No. No, you can't. <laughs> Get away! That's funny, isn't it? Don't want you need me, dog. <laughs> this has been the Pottervision Podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you want to follow us, you can do Pottervision on Facebook twitter and instagram and we also have a patreon page full of bonus stuff we are having a big revamp of the patreon there's going to be loads of new stuff on there and we're having a launch party on the 15th of december it's going to be at half past eight british time everyone who is an existing member will have access to the zoom link and every new member will have access to the zoom link we're going to have a little quiz we're going to have a hangout we're just going to chat to you we can have a little q a session it's going to be a lot of fun and you can join us for a bit of christmas fun and joy uh, the other things we are adding to our patreon in addition to all the other goodies 
we are setting up, well, we've already set up uh, a Discord, so it's a place where you can hang out, talk to people, listen to music, uh, and talk about all things Pottervision. And we're also starting to put up some extra... Um, uh, some like behind-the-scenes footage of us at tour shows and at the podcast as well. And also, everybody who signs up to our Patreon before the 15th of December, including people who are already signed up, will get a lovely handwritten Christmas card from me and Tom. Yeah, two separate messages. Two separate messages. Lovely. So there's loads of stuff. We're going to have a good old bash on the 15th. So please join us if you've been tempted to join the Patreon. Now's a great time to do it. Next week, we're on episode 63. It is The Goblet of Fire, chapter 6, The Port Key. Tom, you have been fantastic today. And you have been fantastic, as always. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Pottervision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Pottervision.